2: Webcology is the show that takes you to the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and in the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies.
3: Everyone, welcome to Web College here on WebmasterRadio.fm. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, joined by Dave Davis from Beanstalk Always. It's the twenty sixth of June, twenty fourteen. Dave's in Whistler again, but he's joined us here on the air, which is amazing. I'm just jealous of you whenever you're in Whistler. So, I, like, you know, I I over mention it. I've been I was in Whistler once. It was nice. It was real nice. How you doing today, Dave? Besides I, that, you're in Whistler.
4: I, I, I'm doing fantastic. Today's one of my work days in Whistler, so not as uh, you know, fun as normal, but there's something to be said for your downtime being spent on a on a bike barreling down a mountain to to make the, the work time a little more enjoyable. Yeah, something like oh
3: man Jesus something like that I'd imagine.
4: Yeah, well and then you sit down and go, hey, I'm not gonna break anything today. <laughs>
3: You know, that's what I do every morning when I sit in my chair here in, like, uptown Toronto. I sit down and go, you know, I'm not going to break anything today. And then they <laughs> unleash me on websites, and, you know, stuff happens. Okay, we got a fun show today. Speaking of breaking stuff, well, they didn't actually break it, but they've made some significant changes. And you're going to want to stick around for uh, for our second and third segments. We have Alan Kinnick, um quick disclosure, my business partner, Alan Connect coming on to talk about the change in Google Analytics to Universal Analytics, um, something you're all going to want to pay attention to, especially before December 31st, 2014, but we'll get to that. It's been a fun week. It's been an interesting week in the tech world. Uh, Google has made a whole bunch of announcements, uh, mostly impacting mobile and mobile development. Uh, First off, You know how, you remember when BlackBerry was like the phone you had to have in your pocket because everybody needed a CrackBerry or you weren't a serious techie?
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah, well then, like, you know, Apple came along with the iPhone. And anybody who was still carrying a CrackBerry around was, you know, like a crack addict, somebody you didn't want to hang out with because, you know, they're clearly not productive. (laughs) Heaven knows they're crack addicts. Um, And so everybody had to carry the iPhone. And the iPhone was a significant leap forward uh, 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 above the BlackBerry, and then Android came along. Google's operating system, Android, which is distributed free. I mean, think uh, this is this was the big genius with Android. Um, it followed the old IB the old uh, Microsoft playbook, where you license out the operating system and allow it to apply to any device that'll run it. There is now, according to Google. 1 billion android devices out there active in the world.
4: Yeah, I'm not surprised.
3: <laughs> There's 7.5 billion people on earth. Yeah, so I mean,
4: uh, one of the brilliance that they have as far as this is concerned and it's an well okay there's there's many brilliances you you and I know this um but in giving it away free um they've gained access to a market that is completely ignored by everybody else but it's a growing market and of course this is the developing um world i mean this is i mean you know it i know it i mean there's a a heavy um cellular usage um, in that region, completely different pricing model that we have. Um, but of course, which kind of phone are they going to have? Well, of course, it's going to be an Android phone, right? I mean, they they the, can be the factory ex- cheaper. Yeah, the less
3: expensive option. Um, you could you could home brew your device or your device manufacturing. Um, now, something that doesn't get mentioned often, and before we go forward talking about changes in Google's development environment, especially our, our, around development for mobile. In the developing world, especially in Africa, there's connectivity, like uh, broadband connectivity is scant and rare, but everyone's got a mobile device. Everyone's got a cell phone, and the cell phone has become uh, a conduit to freedom, much like an automobile used to be for, like, you know, a teenage guy in North America, or for Mm -hmm. a teenager in North America, the automobile was your conduit to freedom in Africa your conduit to connecting to the whole world is a mobile device. Now, it ain't just for Africa anymore. In uh, Mobile computing has become so elegantly functional and so useful that the majority of access to the Internet today is over mobile devices. And it might be quick access, a quick search while you're shopping, a... uh, checking your email while you're riding the bus or, um, you know, while, while, you're, while you're sitting in the park, whatever, but it's still, the, the the majority of access to the internet today is over mobile devices. Yeah. So I, I think that's, I think that's phenomenal given it's only been eight years since the introduction of the, uh, of the original iPhone.
4: Yeah. I mean, uh, this has been one of the fastest growths in a technology, um, I mean probably because, well, undoubtedly, not probably, uh, because of of its clear mass appeal um, to a, a market, and sorry, Jim, we're we're not really part of it. <laughs> but the generation coming in below us, um, just the the massive um, access that they have and, and a generation that is far more um, engaged constantly. Um, than maybe we are I mean you know certainly we've we've evolved but we know a lot of people in our generation that have not that are not as synced up it's our industry so of course we are but um you know there's there's a lot of people in our generation that aren't try and find somebody who's not constantly connected constantly using the internet um, and their mobile device as a, as a means of communication um, a, a generation below us um, and they are few and far between I but um, sadly, agreed. Um,
3: or no, maybe not sadly. You know what? Agreed, and I always say sadly because it's not really my experience. I'm a few few. I'm a few years too old, but you know what? I still can't leave the house without my uh, without my Android device strapped to my waist.
4: Oh, I agree. Nor can I. And hey, yeah, I'm clear. You know, synced up through IMAP, clearing my inbox while I'm sitting on the bus, ready to get. So when I when I'm at work, open up. You know, my email. You know, all the crap's gone. I've answered a, a couple of the, the messages, and, and off you go, right? It's a great productivity tool.
3: Well, it's about to become greater, at least as far as Androids are concerned. Google announced the next major, major iteration of its Android operating system, um, codenamed L. Nobody's sure exactly what L stands for uh, uh, just yet, but I'm, I'm sure that'll be revealed over time. Um, Google's trying to make a faster, smaller uh, more um, functional phone. They want your mobile device to act like a mini computer. I think people have gotten over the need to have a a physical keyboard. Um, Interestingly, I have. (laughs) Um, And uh, uh, Google wants you to do your productivity work on your new Android device.
4: Here's what I find interesting about it, and, and, well, there's many things, obviously, I find interesting about it, but they sort of waited for um, Windows 8 and Microsoft to get all the flack for doing something like this. <laughs> <laughs> and then they step in after we're all used to it and go, yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. Um, well, but- okay, well, I'll
3: argue Microsoft had to cross the bridge with Office 365 before Google or Apple could take advantage.
4: Oh, you indeed. Know. Indeed. Um, it's just funny because Android, any company following now, won't get the flack for it. It was Microsoft that did. I mean, heck, I, I still run, um, you know, additional software on my Windows 8 machines to make it look like Windows 7 because I hate Windows 8 so much. <laughs> but, um, you know, it, it was a, a you know sort of step forward in forcing us to get away from the idea of typing or, you know, navigating through steps. Um, and, and Google gets the advantage of Microsoft Twisted us and, and got us used to this as as you know the, the means of communicating with your devices and, and computer. Now Google won't get the same flack that Microsoft had to deal. with. Indeed,
3: indeed. Um, anyway, I just I think it's 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 a big announcement. Um, Google has stepped up the uh, for want of a better word the function rates in the cell phone uh, in the cell phone in the cell phone market. Um, Apple's got to make a response of some sort or another sooner than later, and um, <laughs> BlackBerry has to um, stop using crack or something. <laughs> I don't know what BlackBerry has to do. Um, at any rate, uh, Apple has to ha- is going to be coming out with uh, some iteration of the iPhone sooner than later, um, and uh, for more. I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out how to introduce this. Um there's a hashtag. Hashtag Google IO2014. Um check out that hashtag Google IO2014 on Twitter. I don't we don't I've got three or four stories I want to cover in front of me. Don't got time to do any of them, but they all come from that hashtag. So so again, if you're interested in what in what's happening uh around development for Android. Hashtag Google I.O. 2014. we got a couple minutes uh, before we're going to jump to break and then bring in Alan Connect uh, to talk about the switch from Google Analytics to Universal Analytics. I want to talk about some search stuff so we don't just, just stick on mobile. You know that 17 years ago, 17 years ago next week, Dave, Yahoo said no to these two guys... Suri- Sergey and Larry, who'd made this search engine that they are calling like Google or something. <laughs> anyway, so these kids, Sergey and Larry, right? They're like wearing sneakers, right? And they come by like the Yahoo office, and they're, and they're all like, "Hey, I want you to buy our search engine, Google, for a million dollars." And uh, Yahoo looked at them and, and laughed because Yahoo was king of the hill then. They were the big purple monster. Yep. and um, that was 17 years ago on Monday that Yahoo could have bought Google. For uh, for a million dollars, um, I think their fortunes have shifted somewhat since then. Uh, today's Google is worth about two hundred billion, and um, with with Alibaba, I think uh, Yahoo's market cap is somewhere in the seventy billion range. <laughs> Without Alibaba, I'm not sure what Yahoo's worth.
4: Um, <laughs> Yeah, that, I mean that's just kind of uh, a humorous, you know. If you could go back, I mean, uh, you know, hindsight being twenty twenty, Coke could have bought Pepsi, you know, at the, you know early uh, early in the race. And then the question, of course, has to become, um, what would have happened? Like, it would have been a completely different history, as as you know. <laughs> would uh, would they have just absolutely killed Google? You know, if yeah, who had bought it, it wouldn't be the Google we know now. It may not have the market dominance we know now. Uh, you know, Bing, maybe Dogpile would have been the big engine.
3: Uh, if, uh, you know, all I know is we would have made a whole bunch of money at Google. You know, we would have made a whole bunch of money. That's what I know. But you know what? As it turns out, the SEO community made a whole bunch of money anyway. So I think it's a, I think it's a wash at the end, right? Yep. Um. Okay, we can probably do one more. Uh, Google Panda, Google Panda uh, four point One of the ways uh, Google measures the quality of a website is the quality of its navigation. Yeah. Uh, you know how Google, you know how the basic spider works. Eh? it's got to go from point A to point B to point C to point Z, um, moving as much as possible, following links. Or being informed of other documents by links, <laughs> um, or, or you know, um, that's pretty much actually the only way it would find stuff is because somebody put a link to it. So, navigation on a number of websites is run by CSS or by JavaScript. Google needs to be able to ream through CSS and JavaScript files in order to get a view of what the website you know looks like.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Some webmasters block Google Spiders from the CSS and JavaScript. And there's good reasons to, uh, to block spider access to your CSS and JavaScript using robots.txt. But you shouldn't block Googlebot. You really, really, really shouldn't block Googlebot, according to uh, Yost DeValk, at any rate. He had a number of sites that were hit by uh, Panda 4.0. In one case, unblocking CSS and JavaScript made the websites come back. So he did a couple more experiments, and um, as it turns out, you know, Google uh, Panda 4.0 is concerned if it can't read through your CSS or JavaScript files.
4: Yeah, I mean, it, and doesn't this make perfect sense, right? I mean, what is Panda? Um, you know, Panda is a basically. I mean, you know, there's you can debate all the little like nuances, but essentially, when I when I think about Panda, I'm thinking about um, you know page quality, content quality. You know, what basically what's the quality of my site, um, and is you know from Google's perspective, is this a site we want to send people to? Well, if you're blocking JavaScript and style sheets, Google can no longer tell how your page is laid out. Um, You know, where the emphasis is being put, Um, you know, and and let's be honest, we we both know, you know, there's some pretty simple tricks to use styles and and JavaScript to hide content, manipulate engines, that sort of stuff. So if you're blocking it, you know, is Google better to go, hey, let's base it on what we can see or are they better to go, hey, let's just uh, let's just get rid of this because there's uh, a higher likelihood that we can't tell what's good or, or what's not here. Ah, uh, to me it makes perfect sense and and I think you know if we just think about the logic what Google wants to know and needs to know it, it just makes perfect sense and and you know I, I, one of those cases where you need to just start understanding, hey, if I was Google, uh, what do I need to see on this page? Um you know we know that Google cares about page layout. Gee, should I block my style sheets in JavaScript? You'd know the answer to that question before you ever did it and and this wouldn't have been a problem
2: well,
3: um. Over at the, uh, the the Google Webmaster uh, Google Webmaster Help Blog, yeah. John Mueller, one of the guys you listen to when it comes to, uh, to 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 how Google works, he wrote: "Allowing the crawling of JavaScript and CSS makes it a lot easier for us to recognize your site's content and to give your site the credit it deserves for that content." For example, if you're pulling in content via AJAX or JSON feeds, uh, that would be invisible to us if you disallowed crawling in your javascript similarly if you're using css to handle a responsive design that works amazingly or fantastically on smartphones we wouldn't be able to recognize that if css were disallowed from crawling etc so um check your robot text files make sure that you're allowing access to uh Googlebot into your css and java files um it beats not being in the it beats not being in the rankings and maybe one of the reasons why you're losing, uh, why you're, why you might suddenly lose placement. Yep. Okay, uh, Dave. On that, we got to take a quick break here. Um, I really want to give a lot of time for Alan Connect, um, from Digital Always Media. I'm full disclosure, my business partner, but he wrote an article over at Marketing Land, got published yesterday. It's received a, a good deal of attention, and it, you know, covers uh, the transition from Google Analytics to Google's new universal analytics. we got Alan standing by on hold. He's going to be coming up. uh, (laughs) He's going to be joining Dave and I on Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm right after these messages.
2: Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. internetmarketingninjas.com is the online dojo of the highly trained and skilled internet marketing ninjas. Disavow documents, reconsideration requests, panda and Penguin penalties. Let our superior SEO ninjas confront all of your link-related issues. Internet marketing ninjas are equipped to master any marketing exercise, content creation, authorship, link building, PPC, and more. Plus, build more buzz for your brand with our social media marketing strategy. Discover all that the internet marketing ninjas can do for you visit the online dojo now at internetmarketingninjas.com. we're rocking the world with linkedin one show at a time join your fearless leaders chat with other linkedin gurus and answer your linkedin questions rock the world with linkedin on demand at any time inside the internet marketing channel only on webmasterradio.fm Off Now back to Webcology, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the host Jim Hedger and Dave Deeds. Hey everyone,
3: welcome back to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. It is the 26th of June, 2014. Uh, within this hour, the entire nation let out its breath. <sighs> while Germany may have defeated America uh, at the World Cup, Portugal beat Ghana, thus guaranteeing America moves forward into the second round, so again, the whole nation just releases its breath. <sighs> More good football to come. <laughs> but, the good thing about that is it means we have an audience for this show, and it's good that we have an audience for this show, because they're going to learn something that they got to learn, and they got to learn it soon, because... Well, let's let's face it. We uh, we're in the client services biz, and in the client services biz, it's all about reporting. It's all about telling the clients how they're doing for the work that you've done for them. One of the main analytic tools, probably the main analytic tool, and I'm I'm, I'm hoping our guest can correct me if I'm wrong on this, is Google Analytics, the free tool. Um, Google Analytics is used by I, you know, I, I don't even know the percentage of websites. I'm going I'm to go with the vast majority of websites. There's certainly the vast majority of websites SEOs work with. But Google Analytics is undergoing a period of significant transition. It's changing. It's changing some terms, and in some cases, it may be changing some of the measurements and, and data that it offers you. It's moving from what we know today as Google Analytics to its new offering, Universal Analytics. This is something that webmasters have to understand. And as as I noted earlier, they have to understand soon because there's a deadline attached to this. So we brought on the show, again, full disclosure, we brought on the show my business partner from Digital Always Media, Alan Kanek. Alan is considered, in the search marketing world, one of the um, old-hand experts at analytics. He's uh, certainly thought of as one of Canada's analytics experts. And yesterday, in Marketing Land, an article he published, titled, How Universal Analytics is Different and What You Should Be Doing Now, again, it was published in, in, in Marketing Land, the... Uh, Link to that article will go up um, on the Digital Always Media blog and other places where, where this show is mentioned. And at any rate, Alan Connect is sitting in the wings waiting to join us. Alan, welcome to Webcology. Thanks for having me back. This is going to be a fun topic tonight, I can guarantee it. Well, it's, uh, I mean, it's, 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 it's a dense topic, and it's an important one, so I think we should go through it really slowly. Um, we've dedicated the rest of the show to uh to, to covering this so to to, to the audience and, and also to you alan if, if some of the questions seem a little pedantic or um, a little simple simplified i just want to start from the beginning tell a story and then tell webmasters what they have to do or have to pay attention to to um to uh to to to, to make this transition properly what is Universal Analytics? Google Universal Analytics, or UA,
0: what is that? All right. Well, let's just, I'm going to take everybody a step back because I love history. Google came out with their product, uh, whatever it was, about seven, eight years ago, and called it Google Analytics, which they had acquired a company called Merchant, modified it to an online software, and put it out there, and they were giving this away. And you're right. It is the most widely used web analytics tool. Now, over the years, it started off so far behind the paid tools that any serious analytics person was laughing at it. However, to the people involved in internet marketing who rarely used more than ten to fifteen percent of the tools' offerings, Google was perfect. It was easy to use. They it was hosted off site. Fantastic, it was free. and it was free—the best price of all. Now, serious web developers, serious marketers, always had a tough time embracing it. And over the last couple of years, Google has been spending a lot of money on their free tool, enhancing its reporting functionality and capabilities, because literally the internet marketers have been maturing and want, now wanting those features that were in the paid tools. And they've developed it, and they developed it as far as they could go. Okay, now,
3: so, they, so Google threw a whole bunch of energy developing Google Analytics
0: into a, a more robust tool. But as you said, more, they took it as far as they could go. Without going back essentially to the drawing board, which the paid tools had been doing this since the early 90s, uh, You know, every four or five years, they go back, change parts of the foundation, change certain things to be able to capture and analyze data, not only... Uh, More accurately, which is key, but given the changing in the industry. The simplest example would be for everyone out there back in up until about 1998, so for about four years, they were counting unique visitors by looking at unique IP addresses. Which, with with the, you know, I used to have clients who had more traffic from Virginia. Than the population of Virginia, because AOL was the main ISP in the United States. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Uh, but around 1997, 1998, tools that were on the market at that time started saying, we're going to use a combination of IP address, the operating system, the browser, and which version of the browser, so we could start okay. narrowing it down. Around a little bit after 2000, they said, oh, we, you know what, that's... Look, we have all these people, organizations who have standardized browsers, who have come across on one IP address, OS, it looks horrible. We're going to put individual cookies in. And that created a level of accuracy. You, okay. EU passes law against using tracking cookies. Uh, people get paranoid about cookies. And the future is that you're not going to be able to use cookies. So one of the fundamental changes that all analytics tools are using And this is something that Google had to do to make this change, they had to create a new JavaScript and change how they do all the analysis is they've implemented a new protocol for tracking this cookie uh, that allows better unique tracking. Okay. Now,
3: is this only on web devices? I mean, this is a – in universal analytics, what constitutes a web device?
0: Okay, don't think of it as a web device. Now, this is the, where tools like Adobe Site Catalyst or Adobe Analytics, where you want to know, IBM's core metrics or web trends, address this about three years ago. They were getting more, looking at more at, less at the devices and more at the points of access. So when we okay. talk points of access, we have a browser, which could be on a desktop, notebook, tablet, smartphone. It could be in an application that is running on a desktop, notebook, smartphone. So I always like to use the example Twitter. Uh, you, put, you put a link out on Twitter. Now they can go to Twitter.com and they're on a, through their web browser and be viewing it that way. They At one time you can have TweetDeck on your desktop. Now TweetDeck runs as a web browser. But you could have the Twitter app on your smartphone or your Twitter app on your tablet, or you could have Hootsuite running on your tablet, or TweetDeck as an application, and you want to track traffic that's coming from these applications, and you want to start tracking people across the devices, and that's what part of the new methodology and so forth is going to start offering uh, down the line, and so Google's putting in the foundation now as well.
3: But there must still be differentiation between whether I'm using a mobile device or a desktop device, uh, a tablet or a laptop.
0: There are, but how traffic comes to your website, and also the other analytics tools are now measuring interactions within applications, and that's something Google will be looking at in the near future as well. Now
4: we're we're talking about some new metrics here, and 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 new you know new challenges that they're facing. Um, I mean, you know, one might say, and I know you're going to give me a more complex answer than this, one might say, all right, well, I just, I, I take out this, I put in that, good to go. Well, I know it's more complicated. You know it's more complicated than that. What are you doing for your clients to help well, them bridge this gap to a new metric?
0: Okay, well, part of it is, they, because with the new me- protocols for tracking visitors, which is called the me- the measurement protocol, the way Google is counting things is changing. So we got to keep it set. They, and hence, they've also started changing the, ver, the uh, nomenclature that you will see in your Google Analytics. So before these call visits, they now call it sessions. It, instead of visitors, they're calling them users. So your site user, that's anticipating because uh, you're not going to have a visitor to your application. You're going to have a user of your application. And by doing this, they're changing how, and they're also getting better accounting tracking visitors without cookies and other protocols so they are now counting things differently and the analogy i use is think of google analytics You're, you're going to the store and you're buying fruit in one case they're they're going i bought 12 oranges in the other case they're saying you just bought three pounds of oranges both are correct but they're different numbers 12 versus 3. And that is essentially what's happening. The numbers are going to be actually very close between users and visitors. They're recalculating how they're doing a bounce rate and so forth. So what we're doing or I'm doing for their clients is we're setting them up to run both Google Analytics and Universal Analytics in parallel. So that they're capturing data in an identical manner or the same data, at least to phrase it that way better, in two separate profiles of data and then they can see what the difference is. And I'm seeing in some cases when they switch to universal analytics, most of their key performance indicators move up. I'm seeing on some cases their key performance indicators are moving down. It all depends on the nature of the site, how it was built, how the codes are running, how their visitors behave, all these different factors that I are in a are in a black box. I was going to say gray box, but really black box. We don't know how visitors were truly interacting with their site, how they're coming to their site. And Google's now getting a better understanding of that. And that's being reflected in the new universal analytics data. And over time, you can start seeing are, are our numbers off, for example, our sessions, our visits. With universal analytics, are we typically reporting 5% less, 5% more, 20% more, 20% less, and once you've established a new baseline, at some point in the very near future, Google will be saying, and have done this uh, to my memory uh, two times in the past, we have an old JavaScript. You have to stop using it or your data will not be captured after this particular date. Okay, well, I, I have a couple of questions to throw in here, Alan. Um First one, you, you use the analogy
3: of like going to the store and grabbing uh, 12 oranges, and you, you measure that you have 12 oranges, but another person measures that you have three pounds of oranges. I've understood that some of the um, numbers coming back from Universal Analytics are so different from what people were used to seeing in Google Analytics. Well, to go with your analogy, it's almost like oranges and apples.
0: Well, it could be oranges and apples. Uh, it's... And throw in avocados. You can have a whole mix of fruit. It's how they're counting them differently. And that's, okay. you know, a vis- a session is a session, but how do you count a session? So an orange is an well, orange. But the, but how- what's the difference between a session and a visit? Well, is it a different behavior,
3: t- a different characteristic?
0: No, Google has just renamed that metrics a session. There was always confusion from the early days of analytics of what a visit constituted. And Google has put in it, a non-standard term, calling it a session, which is actually more accurate. A session is, which is a visit, continuous interaction with a website, uninterrupted for a period of great and now they make it easier to change it, typically was 30 minutes. So if you viewed a web page and didn't do anything for 30 minutes, your session timed out, your visit timed out. If at sure. 29 minutes you click one more page, your visit or your session was continued. So they're just changing nomenclature but not the actual definition so whether you have google analytics you no longer see visits you see sessions same thing okay, they turned now, away a visitor to a user now we know that google would look at a visitor
3: and would uh you know apply a number of measurements to his or her behavior while they're on the website is, this, is google looking at the same behaviors and characteristics when we're talking about a session
0: that is part of that black box. I would assume more or less. It's more how they're defining that user and that user behavior. Okay, what well that?
3: When when, so, when you start saying how they're defining that user and their user behavior, I got a feeling that you're opening a can of worms that I want to cover in our next segment. But we're gonna to have to take a commercial break, and I don't want to interrupt you for a commercial. T- you know what I mean? Sure. I don't. want you jump in, I don't want no to. Worries. It. So, on that, friends, uh, stick around. We have to take a a break here on Webcology and webmasterradio.fm. It's the 26th of June, 2014. We have on the line Alan Connect from Digital Always Media. We're talking about the transition from Google Analytics to Universal Analytics, and we're going to be right back after these messages.
2: Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after a short break. Before you painstakingly create another label or drag yourself to the post office, set a course to ShipStation, your key to e-commerce shipping nirvana. Save time by easily importing orders from wherever you sell, like Amazon, eBay, and over 40 others. Save money with discounted USPS rates and a free USPS account. Automate manual tasks through bulk label and invoice printing, custom shipping rules, and much more. WebmasterRadio.fm listeners get an additional 30 days free after the free 30 days. 30 day trial. Go to shipstation.com slash webmaster radio now. Shipping Nirvana
0: starts here. You rely on your website to promote your business. And while you're busy doing what you love, you need a site that can keep up. GoDaddy web hosting is built from the ground up for lightning speed, reliability, and rock-solid performance. It includes over 150 free apps like WordPress and Drupal to build and manage your site. And with 99.9% uptime and industry-leading load times, you never have to worry if your site is up and running. Visit GoDaddy.com and enter code HOSTFM to get web hosting for $1 a month, plus a free domain. Some limitations apply. See website for details.
2: Or visit affiliateoffersnetwork.com. You are now tuned in to the world's largest online radio podcast network for internet marketers looking to dominate the B2B marketplace. Webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere off Now back to Webcology, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. you are the host Jim Hedger and Dave Davies.
3: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, joined by Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. And we're joined by Alan Konek, also from Digital Always Media. We're talking about the transition from Google Analytics to Google Universal Analytics. Before we jump back in, I got a quick announcement, a little bit of housekeeping here. Stick around after Webcology. Uh, PPC uh, Professionals is doing their uh, second show. Uh, just so happens I'm a guest on that show. But the real news, 5 p.m. on Affiliate Buzz with James Martel, Joel Calm. The legendary Joel Calm joins Jave Mar- uh, James Martel on Affiliate Buzz. 5 p.m. this afternoon here on webmasterradio.fm. Uh... We're back with, uh, I'm sorry, I've been corrected. It's PPC Playbook. I had uh, PPC Professionals because that's what's written on my calendar. PPC Playbook is up uh, by PPC Professionals right after Webology on webmasterradio.fm. Alan, I'm sorry, I had to cut you off a few moments ago. Of no course. Uh, I think you were going into an answer that would take a couple of minutes, and we had to get that commercial break in. Um, I had asked you if Google is looking at User behavior and characteristics differently in Universal Analytics than they were in, in Google Analytics?
0: And the answer is yes. It's still a black box. They never disclose how entirely they were doing it. In Google Analytics, for example, they were typically setting a minimum of three cookies to track user behavior. Because now, under the measurement protocol, they may or may not need to set cookies and they could be grabbing other personally identifiable information, I shouldn't say personally, user-identifiable information, because they may or may not know who you are. Of course, if you're logging to your Google account, they do know who you are. If you're carrying an Android device, they know who you are. I mean, they know who you exactly. are. <laughs> exactly. <Well, laughs> they know who if, you if are. You, if you're logging into Gmail. Well, that is actually part of uh, the future of analytics, which is track when you're doing cross-browser tracking, is setting different identifiers. And because of that, They've had to recalculate how they're defining who a vis a visitor slash user is, and because they've redefined how who a visitor is, your session or your visit has also been redefined. Okay. so returning visitors versus new visitors has all been redefined. Well, there's a number of um
3: of uh, standard KPIs that 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 are important to uh to 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 webmasters and seOs time on site. Uh, number of pages, um, bounce rate. How much has that changed?
0: Well, as I mentioned earlier on, before the break, it depends on your site. I've seen sites where it's been negligible differences, and I'll come back to what negligible and significant, and others where I've been seeing, you know, in the range of 10 to 15%. I've heard people reporting to me that they've been seeing 20 to 30% differences in some of these KPIs, and some are positive, some are negative. Now, I don't always like to focus on percentages. The example would be, if you have a site that has minimal traffic, let's say 100 visits a day, 100 visits a day, and you see a change in two, that's an average, and you see it drop from 198, it's a 2% difference, but it's two visitors, are you really going to care? If you're doing 100,000 visitors a day, and you drop by 2% to 98,000, it's 2,000 visitors and you're going to go freaking out. That's significant, yeah. So as a percentage, both are 2%. And that's part of where I think some people who have been seeing real big spreads are probably the ones who are having lower volume because they recalculated. They lost out of their 100 visits. Maybe they lost 20 because 20 were improper. I wouldn't say improperly. are just not being counted together. Or they went up 20% because what appeared as the same visitor multiple times during the day is actually unique visits different visitors. But you know what? A loss of two visitors or a loss of 20,000 visitors, either way, my baselines are different. Right. And that's why it's critical to be running both in parallel. This, as I said, I remember working, and this was a web translation when they went away from using a combination of IP address, browser, and OS to a cookie base at a client. And in terms of sessions, they took an almost 40% drop in sessions. report that. And, and, and of course, they... Incorrectly, we're reporting it because instead of reporting growth, you know, it, there's been a 2%, a 3%, whatever growth month over month, they're reporting absolute numbers to senior management, and now they have to go restate their numbers. And they did not have the option to run them in parallel to say, these are really the same thing, we're just counting them and measuring them differently. It's are you reporting centimeters, you're reporting inches? It's a different number, they could be close. And at some point, you know, it's that's part of it. It's You need to look at your trend lines. I've looked at companies over periods of time. The trend lines are virtually identical. However, the numbers that make up that trend line are not. And nobody in who works in analytics knows everything's been about a data sample. And my assumption is that under UA, they're probably getting a better quality data sample than they were under Google Analytics. And that's causing a difference in their numbers. We never get 100% despite what people may think. So there is always some back-end extrapolations going on.
4: So um, what happens a year from now? Like, uh, you know, we all have clients or, or, you know, for a lot of our listeners, they may be, you know, our, our only sites um, with seasonal trends, right? Where, you know, they, they're high in the summer. That's That's all they concern themselves with. What are people supposed to do a year from now? Well, uh, when they're trying to do their year-over-year comparisons?
0: What, well, what I've been encouraging people since uh, basically about April, or even a little bit before when I knew Google Analytics was about, uh, sorry, Universal Analytics was about to go in, from beta to production, to start running them in parallel. And that way you can see, yes, you're going to have seasonality, but you're going to, okay, summer's slow. But we can see our Universal Analytics is trending 5, 10, 15% below what our GA is, and you're going to have Several months, and you can spread that out. You just don't want to take a snapshot of one day of them being in parallel, you want to take a snapshot of them over 60 minimum, maybe 90 days. So now's the time to do it because my best guess is that you Google's going to be doing this change within six months, so by the end of the year, June, beginning of June. You no longer, if you go to set up a new web property for analytics with Google, you don't have the option of getting the old Google Analytics script. You did in May okay. by default. Um, the new one you get. You know now it's the option to create a GA script is gone, and you only can get universals. So time to start implementing them. And I also suggest everybody to make life easier and minimize the impact on your website that you use a tag management system and put both the GA and UA codes in your Tag Manager so when it's time to do the switch, you don't have to go and mess up your website again by adding multiple JavaScripts to it or removing them again and retesting. Well, I want to get
1: back
3: to the Tag Manager in just a moment, but um, I'm a little confused when I think about what uh, running GA and UA in parallel When you go to do your analytics reporting, what are you looking at? What what
0: does the screen look like? Well, it looks the same. You have two different uh, profiles. You log into Google Analytics, and you'll have your two profiles. One could be called GA, one would be UA. You just switch back and forth. If they're not appearing together, they are separate and unique. You have a separate account number for each one of them. Okay, so so to
3: compare them, you'd pull out a spreadsheet and then put the numbers on the spreadsheet. Spreadsheet,
0: do screen captures, however you're generating your reports. Okay, now, um, what is the Tag Manager, and what do you use it for? A Tag Manager is a bit of JavaScript that you put on your website on every page or on sections of a site, however you have your site organized. There's different methodologies. That JavaScript executes when the page loads, and makes a call to an external server and brings in additional information that it gets executed. Much like how people are familiar with Google Analytics, they put a JavaScript on there. It actually is a tag manager, believe it or not, but owned and managed by Google. In there, there's a line to call a bigger JavaScript that is hosted at Google. Google constantly, or I shouldn't say constantly, was regularly updating and changing that JavaScript that nobody ever knew it got changed. But when you JavaScript ran, it loaded into your cache that Google Analytics JavaScript. And that's what a tag manager is. You put this code on your site, you test it, make sure it doesn't break when you put this JavaScript, or anything on your templates or your page. Now everything you do, you do through a web interface, you add your Google Analytics code. You, use your, you add your universal code. You can add customizations to your GA and your UA codes to capture downloads, to capture links to external sites, whatever functionality. You're doing remarketing, you can put your remarketing code in there. All those things go in the tag manager and depending on the tag manager you use, they have various testing methods. Some allow you to test before you actually publish the tag manager to see if it's working the way you expect it to work. You have versioning control. So if you put up a tag and it doesn't, all of a sudden you realize it's not working, you can revert very quickly and easily to the previous versions.
4: All right, we've, we've, I know we've only got a couple minutes left, so I'll try and keep this uh, question you know, directed so it's, it's fairly brief. But um, we all know that, that data is fundamentally flawed, any data that we have. So we're trying to compare, and, and I know you're telling people to run both at the same time. But when you're looking at I guess larger data blocks, and you're looking day by day, you know, what percentage spread is different day over day. When you're looking in the context of a site, are you noticing a a consistently, you know, on Tuesday it's about 4% different, you know, Wednesday 4% different, Friday? Or is there a big variance in in even days of the week? So we may not even be able to get a a good solid idea um, Uh, of of what data is moving.
0: To me, it's not the days of the week. Uh, To me, it has something to do with. The trend lines that I say, if I were just to lay the two, the trend lines over, uh, you know, if I took a 30-day trend line and a 30-day trend line, one from Google Analytics, one from Universal Analytics, and laid them over top of each other, they'd almost be identical trend lines. If I could, in, if I could give them to a common indexing point. Okay. Now, so that, but you know, on a given day, if I'm comparing, yes, there are going to be swings, and I think the factor is where the referral traffic is and what that traffic was doing. If you were running a high uh, campaign that drove traffic at a higher bounce rate, you may be seeing different impact than more than with engaged users. So it depends on your marketing spend and how you do drive traffic on given days of the week. Okay. Now, I, I we're down to our last
3: question. We're down to fleeting seconds or fleeting minutes in the show. As I said earlier, we all live on reporting to clients. How, uh, in a 30-second elevator pitch, Alan, how would you explain to a client that the numbers they're about to see are a little bit different?
0: I'd explain that. The, I would use the orange example, and what we are going to do for the period of the next 60 or 90 days, we are going to be reporting both to you and showing you the percentage changes over comparative time periods. Because all and that's, the key is once you get used to the new numbers, you switch. It's as Canada went through in the 70s and 80s to switch to metric. You still listen to the weather reports. You used to get Fahrenheit and Celsius here. Eventually, we stopped getting the Fahrenheit numbers because we got used to it. And that's what you re- really have to do. You have to transition your clients to the new numbers and you know, start doing it for 60, 90 days. My guess is you have a minimum of six months. Maybe goes, Google goes a few more months longer. But if we don't start implementing this now and establishing that nice you know a 3 month 6 month baseline get our clients used to it they're going to scream if you do this all of a sudden and you report as i've seen in some cases a you know a 10 or 15% drop in visits or users they're going to freak out at you what did you do wrong <laughs> <That> <laughs> <out of laughs> and it's not and it, you can't just switch here's my universal analytics i say by google analytics sorry kicked you out if you were to switch from Google Analytics to uh, Adobe uh, to Core Metrics WebTrans, Psych you're going to get different set of numbers as well. And that's why whenever you do those transitions, you do need to let, have a period of running them in parallel so you can show what the differences are. Okay, where
3: can people find out information on how to run them in parallel? How how, how do they do that? So where do they find
0: out? Well, the they can talk. I do talk a little bit about it in the article that was on the uh, marketing line yesterday. We do have a piece about using uh, the services that we offer now and for disclosure through Digital Always Marketing to set up the tag manager where we talk about the strategy for it or simply run, you know, search, hey, say, go to Google or go to Bing if you know what that is and do a search on running Google Analytics and Universal Analytics in parallel. Uh, Google has a lot of documentation saying there is no problem and virtually no performance issue if you're running both scripts on your site.
3: Okay, and you know what? Even if it was a performance issue, it would probably be so negligible that it would be greatly outweighed by being able to rationalize your numbers a couple of months from now when the
0: Google eventually pulls the plug on GA. You got it, because it, it might, you know... Typically, they pull the plugs after six months to a year when something went to bait, Went from beta to production. It went to production in April. But the, as of this yeah. month, you can't get the old one. So take yeah, that. So that's, you know. that's a clue,
3: as much as a clue as Google will give us. Alan, thank you so much for joining us My here on Ecology. Again, friends, you can uh, check out Alan's article at Marketing Land, How Universal Analytics is Different and What You Should Be Doing Now. It was published... Uh, June twenty fifth, yesterday, on behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You've been listening to Web College on Webmaster Stick around. Uh, PPC, <laughs> I did it again. Playbook. Uh, thank you. PPC Playbooks coming up, and the legendary Joel Calm is on uh, James Martell's James Martell's show, Affiliate Buzz, five PM tonight. We'll be here next week.